News Talk Breakfast with Kira Kelly and Shane Coleman. In association with AIR on News Talk. News Talk Breakfast with Kira Kelly and Shane Coleman. In association with AIR on News Talk. Now, women going through the menopause with complex needs like high blood pressure or a history of breast cancer will now have access to specialist care in the Rotunda Hospital. And two further clinics are due in Galway and Cork, in addition to those in the National Maternity Hospital, the Coombe Hospital, and in Nina. And for more on this and much else. I am joined now by Minister for Health, Stephen Donnelly. Minister, um, obviously this is, is Menopause Awareness Week and we had International Menopause Day on Tuesday and we're delighted to talk to you about this. What can women expect now? Because there does seem to me to be a dearth of maybe training or experience in the general practice population around dealing with the menopause. So these specialist clinics, are, are they the way to go? Thanks, Kira, And it's, it's great that you're, you're um, having the conversation on the show because one of the things we want to do is take on this uh, very old school, very patriarchal legacy we have of uh, um, menopause being taboo, there being some stigma about menopause, which when you think about it, like what, how did we end up here? You know, people go through puberty, people go through the menopause, people go through natural life stages. And yet for some reason, for all sorts of uh, historical reasons, we understand women's health. Somehow we haven't been allowed to talk about it. You know, uh, it, it's been this sort of big secret and taboo that women go through uh, menopause. So up until now, uh, the, what women were saying to us, we did a we did a big uh, listening exercise around the country and the kinds of things. I'll just I'll just read you out three quick quotes here. One was, "I was feeling stupid and afraid to have a conversation." Another, some days I'm like superwomen and the other days I can't get out of bed. And then the third one, in school, they tell you about puberty, pregnancy and periods, but they don't talk about menopause. And I think as you've 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 put you've hit the nail on the head. So, first of all, it, it has been difficult for people, for women to have a conversation about it, for men to have a conversation about it, uh, be it in their personal lives, be it in the workplace. Um, but it must be talked about. It must be discussed openly like any other completely normal, natural phase of life. But then what we found was that there wasn't, as you rightly say, there there hasn't been the support into the GPs to make sure they have access to the training, they have access to what they need. And critically, for that number of women who uh, experience quite severe symptoms, uh, sometimes multiple symptoms, there hasn't been access to specialist care. And I'll just give you an example. There was a lady stopped me uh, in Delgany recently on a Sunday morning and she came up to me and she had just had access to the first menopause clinic we'd opened, which was in uh, the National Maternity Hospital. And she said it has completely changed her life. That like in these quotes, she couldn't get out of bed. She was really struggling just to live her life. And she said to me, she feels 20 years younger. She feels like she has her life back. So this these six clinics, uh, which are a start, are for, for people who need that specialist And will there care. be a plan, Minister? Because I... I, I, I I like everything you're saying, but I do know from working in healthcare that accessing specialist clinic, outpatient clinics where you're referring people, often there are waiting lists and, and, and long waiting times and, and, and that is an issue for people. With proper training, GPs could manage this no problem. This this is entirely suitable to be managed in general practice, but there is a dearth of knowledge. W- will, will that be looked at? Yes, it is. And in fairness to the ICGP, they're already moving on it. So they had some training sessions uh, very well attended training sessions on menopause. So so uh, models of care for GPs, knowledge for GPs. We've also just launched a quick reference guide for GPs. It's a really good piece of work. Um, we funded through the, the Women's Health Action Plan, which we launched earlier this year, 
year we funded there's a brilliant doctor Dr. Kira McCarthy she's now heading up women's health supports and training within the ICGP and one of the things she's worked on with a, with a bunch of other brilliant doctors is this quick reference guide for GPs so they now have literature they have training sessions that the ICGP is is doing and critically they now have a referral pathways to specialist care for the number of their patients who need that. Okay, and with just briefly before we move on with regard to HRT, obviously there was a shortage, then it was back in stock. I'm hearing anecdotally, certainly there's a shortage again, not just of HRT in fairness, but of many drugs, but including HRT. What's going to be done about that? That's being looked at. So there was a shortage and what happened was there was a, first there were two things happened at the same time. First of all, there was a a very big increase in demand. So a lot of the fears that had been debunked um, and so there was a there was a big uh, surge in uh, GP, GPs uh, advising and prescribing HRT products, and within that there was a big demand for the patches rather than for, for uh, rather than for the other medications. That led to a temporary squeeze in terms of supply. I got involved. We pulled a group together, including the pharmacists, the GPs, the suppliers. That that was resolved. They moved on that. There's a lot of supply in the country. There will inevitably, as with any drugs, there's always a, you know, th- th- there will always be a, a some that you can't get here or there for a short period of time. But some very sensible things were done. So the community pharmacist said, for example, can the GPs, uh, can the GPs, when they're prescribing, maybe prescribe a few different options. Uh, and as you'll be aware, in the budget, we've also removed VAT and HRT yeah. as well, which uh, which has been well received. Uh, I don't want to get stuck into the winter plan because I think it's widely understood uh, and there will be an attempt to shift waiting lists, etc. But with regard to masks, um, we can probably expect to see a flu surge and potentially at the same time a COVID surge because that's the, the nature of winter. Um, I, I'm slightly confused. I've heard many things coming out of, of politics at the moment, including no mask mandate, but wear it anyway on public transport. That, that seems very vague. Can, can people get a bit of guidance this morning? What should they do about masks? Yeah, we can be very clear on masks. The public health advice right now says you should wear masks in all healthcare settings. You should wear masks when you're on public transport. And you should wear masks where appropriate in indoor crowded uh, settings, particularly if you're a higher risk individual. That's the advice. And there's, there is a very clear ask of, of us all that we follow that advice. Now, what I was asked, what I've been asked was as part of putting together the winter plan, and I, I'd like to come back to vaccines for one moment, if I if, if I may, um, in, in putting that together, I was asked, well, are you going to make masks a legal requirement? That's what people wanted yeah. to know. And the answer to that is I have... It would, it would increase uptake, I would imagine. It, it, it undoubtedly would, right? But we're, we're in a phase of COVID where we're managing with COVID. It is about all of us doing the right thing. And I can be clear on this as well. I have no public health advice, nor has there been any discussion of any public health advice coming to me that would suggest mandates uh, for masks. So the position now is very clear. Public transport, indoor crowded settings where appropriate, particularly for high risk no people. No one is wearing it in public transport. Settings. I think that's fair to say. I've been on public transport quite a lot over the last while. No one is wearing it. I think I think that's right. And it is something that is that, that is a concern for me. One of the things we're doing is putting a new communications campaign together. Okay. For example, what I would like to see for, for all of us when we get on a bus or we get on a, we get on a train is very clear signage on the buses, on the train saying, you know, if you're reading this sign, you should be wearing a okay. mask. And, and that's probably a good idea. You said you wanted to mention vaccines. Can I? Look, there's there's really good news and some, some news that I just want to get across on vaccines. The good news is 
they are more effective than ever. We have these new so-called bivalent vaccines. They've been they've been updated for Omicron. So the, the, the Omicron specific. Yeah. Okay. They're incredibly effective. Uh, we've had a huge demand for them. The first two weeks. Do we they had, decrease transmission or just decrease serious illness? Um, severity of illness. Okay. Uh, uh, so in the first two weeks, 170,000 people have come forward to take them. I want to thank everyone who's done it, all of your listeners this morning who have done that. And critically, already three in every four people aged 65 and above, which is the highest risk group by age, three in every four are now fully up to date with their boosters. And that's fantastic. The bad news is that COVID, for those who are not fully vaccinated, is still really serious, particularly for those higher risk groups. So it's unlikely, though, Minister, people who aren't fully vaccinated at this point, that those who have uh, skewed all vaccines are there. They are the hardcore anti-vaxxers. They're not going to take a vaccine at this point, are they? Some of them may, some of them may not. But what we do have is we have a lot of people who got the first two doses, who got the first booster, but then haven't got around to getting the later booster. And the figures in hospital really uh, show us how uh, what a difference it makes, right? So of the, the several hundred we now have in hospital with COVID, nearly 80% of them are over 65, yeah. right? Now, unfortunately, even though... Uh, three in every four people over 65 have had a booster. In hospital, we have a lot of people in that one in four group who haven't had the booster or haven't okay. had any. So only one in three. So get your booster if you're over 65. That's the bottom well, line. Get your booster if you're over 50, uh, okay. but particularly if you're over 65, because what we're finding is the small group of those over 65 who have not got the latest booster or any or, or any of the vaccines are massively overrepresented in those who are coming into our hospitals. And we need those beds for other patients. Okay, last question for you, Minister. Obviously, we're, we're about to see the rotation uh, in mid-December of Thonish and Taoiseach. There will also be a cabinet reshuffle. Do you expect to be Minister for Health after a cabinet reshuffle? That's not a matter for me. It's a matter for the party leaders. All I can say is I would very much like to stay in the role. Uh, we have we are building momentum, right? We are radically so you've, reducing. You've, you've been given no no indication. Oh, I don't think anyone's been given any indication. But we are we are radically reducing costs for patients right across the board. We're rolling out new services like the menopause clinics, and the, there's good news on waiting lists. The waiting lists in more and more hospitals and more and more specialties are now falling. So we have momentum. Uh, I would love to be part of continuing to push that momentum, but that is that is a, a matter for uh, for party leaders, not for me. Minister for Health Stephen Donnelly, thank you very much for speaking to News Talk Breakfast. News Talk Breakfast with Kira Kelly and Shane Coleman in association with Air weekday mornings at seven on News Talk.